Welcome to the Voices of Healthcare Equity podcast. I am your host, Kim Tranquata. I am the founder and CEO of Healthcare Alliance for an Equitable World and a board-certified emergency physician. Healthcare Alliance for an Equitable World is a grassroots clinician-led organization with the mission to do more today to address healthcare inequity across the globe. There is currently a global shortage of over 6 million physicians and many millions more of other healthcare professionals, such as nurses, midwives, dentists, and pharmacists. With our alliance, we are using telehealth to bridge this global healthcare workforce gap today, and we are building a global community of healthcare professionals who can do the work of global health on a regular basis from their home. This podcast, Voices in Healthcare Equity, is one way we are building this community. This podcast features conversations, insight, and perspective from innovators in global health and innovators sharing their perspective on the current and future state of healthcare. Today's episode features Ram Fish, the founder and CEO of 19 Labs, a global telehealth innovation company. Ram and I first met in 2022 at the International Society for Telemedicine and eHealth's Global Connections Conference, and we reconnected again in December 2023 at the same conference. In the interceding year, Ram has grown his company and his platforms work in rural communities in Mexico, Latin America, and my home country of Guyana. Welcome, Ram. And thank you for joining the podcast today. Delighted to be here. Before we begin, we always uh, give our guests a chance to um, have any disclaimers about affiliations or conflicts of interest. Do you have any that you would like to put forth? Happily, no disclaimers. Awesome. So if you can tell us a little bit about your company, 19 Labs, and how you are addressing healthcare equity with your business. First of all, it has nothing to do with COVID-19. I started the company eight years ago. Um, The idea for the company started in 2015 when I was running Global Digital Health from Samsung and working in the center of digital health, sensor development, AI, machine learning. Uh, at a vacation at the time, scuba diving in uh, Cabo Pulma in Mexico, uh, my daughter got sick. Uh, she was one year old at the time. And she ended up being fine. But I realized that when you go to those old communities, there's a lot of empathy and goodwill and usually some existing mechanism to provide very basic health care. But trying to bring technologies to those places uh, and technology can have a huge impact is really challenging. Uh, And we believe that the model of healthcare that was created 150 years ago, healthcare delivery by Florence Nightingale, has to change, has to be updated. 150 years ago, she outlined what became nursing. Today, with digital health, we have an opportunity to take community health workers 
equips them with digital cameras, statoscopes, ultrasound devices, let them become the heart and hand of the healthcare service with a doctor diagnosing and being the brain remotely. And this is the only scalable, sustainable way of delivering healthcare into rural communities and delivering healthcare equity um, throughout the populations of uh, rural population uh, in different countries. Uh, so we decided to name the product 19 Gale with one nine and decided to name the company 19 Labs. And that's the story. And in the last eight years, um, we have traveled to quite a few countries in Latin America, um, in the US as well. Uh, I've been some of the most remote, interesting places, I think, uh, in the US. And uh, updated and developed the solutions. It's very, very much, uh, we consider it as bringing together the best of the digital health industry and the best of the mobile technologies so that healthcare can be delivered effectively by community health workers. And that's the mission we have been in, solving rural healthcare. That sounds very inspirational. And thank you for the tie-in to the 19 Gale of 19, Lawrence Nightingale. That's exciting. I'm sure I know I want to hear more and I'm sure our audience wants to hear more about how your digital health solution works. You talk about reinventing the model of healthcare delivery. Tell us a little bit about what this new model looks like and how it works in rural communities. I'll start by saying that this is not a technology challenge. It's, it's only partially a technology challenge. The biggest challenge in solving and delivering healthcare equity is around operations. And operation encompass everything from who are the people in the community? Who are the doctors? What's the standard operating procedures? How are they compensated? How are they incentivized? Who is the leadership? That has always been the, the biggest challenge. There is a talk I've given called uh, Amazing Technology is uh, Required but Never, Never Sufficient. And we try to do both. We bring together the amazing technologies from us and our partners, but then we spend time on the ground, understanding what they have today, working with the healthcare leadership of the country to adapt the processes, the operations, train the people so there is something deployable. Uh, the basic model is a model in which a community health worker sits in a small clinic in their village and somebody sick walks in, they make an initial assessment, they use different devices, digital devices, then based on that they contact a, a doctor 
and a remote doctor join and makes a video call to assess the patient, bring in a specialist to join, uh, schedule a medical evacuation if needed, prescribe medication if it's available locally, they will adjust it to what there is. If it's not available, they might end up transporting it. And that's the basic model of care. A local person in a tiny village of 150 people in the middle of the jungle, advanced technology, being trained to hold a stethoscope or an ultrasound, satellite connection typically, and a doctor that is sitting in the regional hospital or the capital and able to pick up the call from their home, from the hospital, wherever it is, and provide the medical care. You make it sound so simple. You have to keep it simple. There's a lot of complexities behind it. Uh, one of the main things we try to do is leverage as much as we can existing way in which people work. For example, anybody who's traveled and worked in Latin America, you know that they basically don't use email. They all use WhatsApp. And the main device that most of those people have is a phone, not a computer. So how do you adapt to embrace or how people work? from doing WhatsApp integration uh, to being able to leverage doctors' mobile devices and allowing them to access and view the medical records at the same time that they're viewing uh, the patient. All of those are what I call the amazing technology that sits in the background. But for the health worker, for the doctors, it needs to be simple. That's beautiful. I appreciate that. Really, uh, you are taking the complexity of um, the digital connection and simplifying it for the user on the ground to do the healthcare. Perhaps you could um, bring us down closer to the ground, even closer. And um, you, you told us a little bit about this, a, a village of 150 people in the jungle, um, getting basic training and satellite connection. Now there's tons of operational challenges in there. Um, how do you get the satellite connection if there isn't one? Are you working with satellite companies and bringing them in? How do you get the permissions? Are you working with the government and the local ministry of health? And um, how did you get the connections? And then who's doing the training and how are you training them? If you can just bring us in even closer to how that's happening in a scenario. I'll start from the top. To solve health care equity in a sustainable way, it requires a political will and political leadership. President, Minister of Health, it needs to come from the top. Uh, without a strong leadership that's backing up a vision and cares about healthcare equity, it will all be talk, maybe some equipment you throw in once and nothing will move. And unfortunately, I've seen it done in uh, quite a few places. Uh, 
and we have learned that it absolutely a must to have the leadership backing it up. And that means they're backing it up in money, not just talk. Talk is cheap. But when the government puts special budget allocation for rural healthcare, that's what it means they're backing it up. When they make the phone calls required to break all the different bureaucratic obstacles, that's what it means to have leadership. And there are a lot of bureaucratic obstacles, from regulatory to customs to uh, the doctors used to doing things in certain ways. A strong leadership is a must. The second part is just you say, yes, satellite. Well, there's more than one satellite provider. Different places have different requirements, different commercial options, different pricing, different distributors. That's one of the challenges is find a satellite. And then it's not just providing the connectivity. You need to manage it and monitor it. You need to know when it's down. You need to be able to share it with different people in the clinic and do it in a smart way. And that's one of the uh, skills that we bring is once we have the government leadership backing us up, is the problem solving, is working with all the different vendors, finding which ones are the one you can trust and count on, or a vendor selection process we developed, and go to the field, transportation, and boats, ATV, charter aeroplanes. We've done and gone through all of those together with our partners in different places. And, and you do the training. And, you know, in some places we use web training and let the health workers or the doctor go through the web training. In other places we discovered that they don't have internet access or they are too busy, so you needed to just go on site and because the system has been designed to be very simple and easy to use, uh, do the training on site when you meet them. In uh, one of the countries we work with, usually fly with an existing health worker that has been promoted to be the health community health worker chief trainer. So she still uses the system, but she's coming with us to train the other health workers. And that's much better than having white person trying to tell her in accented English how to use the system versus somebody who took the health worker training with her and she trusts and feels she can listen to and knows what it means to run it in a community. So what we do is bring all of those different things together and we do them with a realization that we might be used to doing th way, things in a certain way in the West. But when you get down to those cultures, things are often done differently and you need to find a middle ground. You can't try to force everybody to do things the way you are used to. And you can't just go with the way they, most of those developing countries behave and just ad hoc everything. It uh, requires very good communication skills, listening, understanding, and 
and being able to build a team that's composed of both cultures. Thank you. I want to just um, restate something you said that is so critically important and that we've heard from many of our guests before. Any international health equity project requires high-level political and minister of health support, budgetary and politically to work and sustain. Absolutely. If it's not there, it's not going to happen. If the political system is such that uh, they don't care or whoever is in the position of power, that's not a priority for them, it will not succeed, period. Not worth the time, don't bother. But if you're dealing with smart leadership in the country, they also realize there is a lot of potential, political potential in solving healthcare equity. To the point that when the governor of a state walked into a community and the community members were complaining, I got a phone call uh, while he was over there from his chief of staff. And he, after two minutes, committed, you know, in four weeks, we are going to fix it. And we were there within four weeks. And the head of the community, the chief of the community, these are mostly indigenous tribes, was like, wow, the president delivered. And that brings political capital and votes to those uh, politicians. In a, another country, a week before the election, there was a documentary on the national TV about how we work and how we help solve the technologies. The, it brings votes. When people see that the government delivers on healthcare, um, it makes an impact. Uh, political impact. Have there any been any places that you think that this has worked particularly well, the support and the public-private partnership that's needed? Um, my favorite is Guyana. You know, we're in Mexico, Peru, Brazil, a um, couple places in the Middle East. But my favorite has been Guyana. Uh, under Minister, Minister of Health Frank Anthony, vision and drive to actually make an impact and seeing how much he cares about the people. Being with him, and he joined us in some of the remote trips to some of those communities. Um, President Irfan, amazing leader, with a vision of really bringing Guyana into one of the leaders, if not the leader of the region, and trying to do development right and spend the oil money in the right way. I've been very impressed. And it's never, never easy. Um, lots of bureaucracies, lots of people used to thinking in a certain way. And you see it in any organization, in California, in any government, any place you go, the level of talent tend to go down as you go down in the organization. 
how do you manage how do you bring those people below, with you how do you partner with them but remember it's a public private partnership so what should we be doing to compensate for the, some of the weakness inherent as you go down the bureaucracy but yeah for me Guyana represents the the best example of political leadership doing the right things caring uh, you know former Ministry of Health Dokram Sami has been a, a critical component of actually daily solving problems that enable us to move forward uh, so that would probably be my uh, role model country and I think there's a lot other countries in the Caribbean and Latin America can learn from uh, Minister Anthony and President Irfan leadership. That's amazing to have um, a smaller country, developing country, be the uh, model for how this works best. Um, sometimes smaller is easier to work with than very giant uh, bureaucracies, and perhaps that's part of the formula. It is part of the formula. Is, uh, we have learned very quickly to work on the city level or the state level, not to try to jump to the federal level. And when you work on the state or city levels, it's much easier to find the right leaders who care and want to have an impact and understand the political potential. This is part one of our two-part series with Ram Fish, CEO and founder of 19 Labs. Please join us in our next episode when we continue this conversation. Thank you for joining us in this week's episode of Voices of Healthcare Equity. Together, let's amplify this conversation for a healthier and more equitable world today. Today.